Rolling. Rolling. G'day, Ben. Hey, mate. It's good to see you. Uh, I was thinking today that we should talk a little bit about compositions and maybe even play some stuff. Just have a listening session because you constantly send me scores and and I love it. And I I think we should just <laughs> have a listen to some stuff that we love, maybe talk some stories and just share with each other. How do you, what do you reckon about that? That sounds like a lot of fun. Sweet. Um, let's do it. So as a composer, though, let's uh, have a chat about scores, like what makes a good score, uh, like particularly these day, in this day and age. What, what do you think is the mm. thing that makes a score great? It's a good question because you'd think um, fantastic music could be the answer. Um, and while fantastic music is great and if you can um, write music that's wonderful in a movie, fantastic. I, but I think music in a movie or a film or a TV show has a primary purpose of telling the story and setting up a what I what I like to call as a sound world. Um, so what is the sound of this movie or the sound of the story, a story as well? So it's got to paint a backdrop to the film that sounds right but also play the right notes at the right times with the right rhythms to propel the story forward, whether it's character-driven or theme-driven or scene-driven. Um, and then if you can wrap up, uh, wrap into that beautiful music or not beautiful music specifically for the right film, um, sometimes it's ugly music or s- ugly sounds that are required for the film, yeah. um, that's that's part of the fun of the challenge. Yeah. And I've heard different composers like John Powell and um, Bear McCreary talk about the balancing act of writing music that satisfies their music cup but also satisfies serving the film. Yeah. So another follow-up question to that then, should a score be memorable? Ooh. For some movies, yeah. For some for some things I think it should be. Um, like think of Star Wars for as an obvious example, um, a very memorable score. The first few notes of Star Wars starts and everybody knows exactly what we're what you're watching. Yeah. And I feel like that really helps the movie or the franchise. Yeah, for sure. Um, whereas there might be another show, a, a, another movie like um, Ice Age, for example, where it's a great film and a great animation, but can you hum the theme to me? Yeah, yeah. I bet you can't remember it because it, it's it's there's other things that are more memorable in the story than the theme and the the music is serving the story more than trying to be a character in its own and even though Star Wars it is serving a story and there are different characters themes the music was really um really taking the spotlight yeah it's interesting to think that because like is it the movie that made the music or the music that made the movie or obviously in something like Star Wars, it's definitely both, right? Mm. Like Star Wars was ahead of its time when it comes to, uh, you know, the story and how it was produced, you know, the quality of, you know, people were blown away just by the visuals and how they made something in space like that. But obviously when you pair it with one of the most iconic theme songs, you know, that isn't probably and John Williams, yeah, one of the exactly. most iconic yeah, film one of composers. The, exactly. So you know that's an example of just like both make you know make the package mm. as it is. Um, it's interesting because I would say like back in the day, I felt like uh, themes to films and and even you know even some TV shows were probably a bit more iconic than these days. Um, you know, you 
it's interesting, even someone like a Hans Zimmer, right? Like I've had arguments with people. They're like, Hans isn't a great composer. All he knows is a bar. And I'm like, yeah, but first of all, <laughs> he invented it, right? Like as in he was the first to really give us that sound. And I thought it was amazing. Mm. And, you know, if when we go through our tracks together, like people are going to get a theme where I'm like, I like the big ones and you like the beautiful ones, which I also love. But I mean, I just love a score that's big and takes your places, although yours take your places, but a different place, you know what I mean? Um, but someone like Hans, yeah. people don't realise that he's been writing forever. Like he wrote um, the, the score to A League of Their Own. So I took my wife uh, back in the day, I was like, I'm going to show you all the iconic films of my life, you know, Mighty Ducks. And she probably saw Mighty Ducks, but uh, I'm pretty sure she yeah. hadn't seen Indiana <laughs> Jones or... Um, oh, Wow. Or even hey, there's uh, a new Indiana Jones coming out. Oh, actually, here we go. Um, very soon, very soon. <laughs> but you know, so I went back and showed her a League of Their Own, which is a baseball movie about uh, women. They start a league for women because all the men went to war. And he, I showed her, and I didn't realize, but Hans Zimmer, you know, composed by Hans Zimmer, pops up, and I'm like, he wrote this one. Like it's he's like his composing chops are just way more than bar, mm. you know, but. Obviously, some he's of, written a lot of music yeah, and in a lot of different styles. Yeah, there's a lot of great themes that he's written re- in recent days. Um, uh, you know, which we can talk about some of that stuff. But he still writes a memorable moment. Um, mm. But you know, at the end of the day, I would say a lot of scores these days kind of go under the radar. They service the film, uh, and they, you know, as you say, they tell the story and take you to a place, but. You may not walk out. You're not walking out of there going da 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 da. da, da you know, singing. Yeah, John not all the time. Not Sometimes all the time. you are. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, well, you listen are. to you some are. music. Not everyone else. I you am. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you ask your friends like, "Oh, what did you think of the music?" And they're like, uh, "I didn't. I didn't think of the music." Yeah, they're like, I "There was music the in that film." There was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "There was so much great music." Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to listen to some music today. Yeah. So we're going to trial gonna a new thing. change it up. How good is this? Yeah. 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 So um, we've made a little playlist together of some of our favourite tunes and favourite composers and um, just to take you on a bit of a sound journey. Um, while we're on the topic of Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer is not only a master of writing beautiful music but he is a master of sounds and finding the right sound for the, what, I, what I called before the sound world. Yeah. Um, so he's all very textural as well as very musical. And, um, the first track that you picked out today is, um, very much showcasing his, um, sound design, almost sound design chops. So the reason why I picked, um, this track, it's why so serious. First of all, like the dark Knight for me is just a killer film, you know, and you've got, uh, this is the introduction of Joker and, um, like, I just think it was one of the better uh, Batmans, although, you know, all of these, this series was so good. But I just loved the the sound of this track and the tension that it builds and it is a very sound designy vibe um, and, you know, it just showcases not something that you're going to go and sing but it really um, brings that the energy and the, the tension that you need from, you know, when Joker's face appears on the screen. The other thing to note, and as the track progresses a bit, is we saw this live, didn't we? So me and um, you went and saw Hans Zimmer live, and I just I mm-hmm. loved it so much to see Hans Zimmer, amazing. the nerdy composer. Well, he's not that nerdy, but he's pretty actually cool. 
but he gets up there with a guitar and he... You can be cool and nerdy. He can be, yeah, that's true. Oh, well, Hans can be cool and nerdy because he's Hans, but he got up there and just rocked this song with the band mm. and it just was glorious. So give us a play. It was one. pretty amazing. Yeah. All right, we're going to play it. We're, we're going to jump around the tracks too or we'll be here all night. So yeah, we're going to start true. from 40 seconds in. Um, all right, here we go. Build that tension, baby. The, the hairs on the back of your neck just, you know. It's beautifully not beautiful. Yeah, isn't it? The use of, obviously, there's actual guitar and then there's, you know, your strings and things. Oh. Mm-hmm. Great use of panning. Mm. Dancing between the left and right ears, just... Got to get to the big bit. Here we go. Come on. You remember Tina Guo was up there with her, like, cello? Probably had distortion yep. on it. And she's just like, oh, we're a big fan of Electric Tina. cello. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Anyway. So this is a tension scene, obviously. So yeah. this yeah, is yeah. a good example of how Hans uses sound design with music. But it's not like a song. It's not a tune. No. Although that's so kind this of is a great riff, example of, but no one's going out of there and great singing riff. it, right? It's You're not going riff. out there going. Bah, bah, bah. Like, no I mean, one you does could. That. Well, you could. I just did. So um, yeah, you just did. Yeah, but this is a great example of where um, sometimes there's great music for music's sake, and then there's storytelling. And obviously, this is a piece of um, uh, a cue from a moment of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. I'm just film. so next. I just want to show. It, so it's a dark night, which is also from that film. I thought while we're playing that. Uh, this to me is just like kind of the bar I'm talking about of, of Hans Zimmer and it's just fat and low and deep. Just give this one a little play for a little bit. We'll see. You can All skip right. through. We'll see how we go. But I just wanted to play some of this one because this is my jam, this kind of stuff. I'm all about those big bass drops, you know. Just picturing the big cityscape and stuff as well, like, oh. Especially because this film is real dark, you know, visually it's so dark and... I'm all about his arpeggiated lines, which is the... Motifs. Motifs, yeah. He does those so well. Mm. And the chord progression in this, the way it builds, beautiful. See, we're going to talk all through this because the whole point is a conversation, not just listening as well. I'll try and not talk through some of the better stuff, but this to me is a beautiful melody, but maybe not one you'll sing on the way out of the door, you know? Mm. It's moving though. Hans Zimmer is a master of big, long mm. cues that just feel like they're always growing and lifting and lifting. Mm. Great 
great use of synth as well to follow that sort of what the strings are doing before. Pretty. I forgot how nice this score is, yeah. so thank you for dropping this in. I'm going to be up all night listening to <laughs> stuff after this. Got a bit of gl glitch there. That's all right. Even just skip through a little bit. Like, I think... Yeah, we'll jump in a couple. Oh, oh it gets dark. We almost... Where there's... We lose good climaxes. Oh, yeah. And even, like, hits like that, right? So... Um, obviously he's hitting a moment in the visuals and stuff like yeah it's so good mm. I'll jump around halfway and see yeah. where we're at makes me want to go fight. That's the thing. I want to go out and save the world right now. <laughs> Put on your Batman costume and yeah, hit, the, hit the town. Yeah, fly through the sky. The thing with that vibe as well is it's so <laughs> low, right? It's still melodic and beautiful, but it's low. So, you know, dialogue mm. can really like pop over that. Other stuff, you know, can action-wise can be over the top of that. And you just got this big beefy low vibes there, you know. Now, we should mention that this score was not only composed by Hans Zimmer. Correct. This uh, score was co-composed by James Newton Howard and a lot of scores have many writers, music writers involved, but James Newton Howard was very involved with this one and Hans Zimmer had already done a few Batmans and he just didn't know if he if he had much more to do with, like to say when it comes to music and Batman. He was feeling quite fatigued after coming off those other films and... So he was talking to James and said he would do it if James was to join him so that he, he could have someone fresh on, on the journey and someone that could push him into different places. So that's how the um, collaboration of Hans and James on The Dark Knight became, which is awesome because um, James Newton Howard is a wonderful composer. Um, you know him from um, many, many films. Um, and my, 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 I picked the next track. Um, next track's called Market Chase um, from the movie Jungle Cruise, which is um, – it was a great movie, but it wasn't a huge uh, – it wasn't a huge movie in terms of um, the people I've spoken to don't know about it. Yeah, so, I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest. I yeah, just, I'm laughing because yeah. I'm seeing the picture of the rock on there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what I like about this piece of music is um, – is the uh, forward momentum it has. It has a lot of like we're moving quickly, we're in an yeah, action okay. sequence yeah. um, and in fantastic James Newton Howard fashion, um, beautiful orchestral arrangement. So not as big and sound designy, but a lot more classical in the orchestra. So I'll show you a bit of that. It's got a bit early Star Wars vibes, like it does, yeah. 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 Some of the orchestration with the woodwinds and strings, yeah. It's got this great forward momentum, yeah, yeah. Like always pushing, pushing. Yeah, and you can always you can tell in this is like, oh, now we're like 
jumping over the trees or swinging from, you know, you can see him swinging from a tree. It's like, oh, now we're ducking under this, you know, like all the, you Absolutely. know, they cut into moments in the picture. And this is a great example of where a Dark Knight score wouldn't work for a movie like this, yeah. and, and this score would not work for the Dark Knight. Yeah, that's um, great. So really, this I, I'll stop it here because it's just three minutes of wall to wall, yeah, adrenaline. And imagine um, having in a very to, like classic way. Yeah, imagine having um, to write that though, like to keep that energy. A lot of notes. New, yeah, lots of flavors in there. Yeah, that'd be uh, yeah pretty full on to write. Definitely not. But it's quite fun, house. you know, like playing these melodies quickly in the strings and all of a sudden the brass just take a moment and then we're over in the woodwinds and then we're changing over here and then it's, yeah, it's it's involved, involved. Yeah, and, cool. and John Williams, uh, sorry, um, James Newton Howard is a master of it. So so is John Williams. Um, so I, I picked out the next track as well or next couple of tracks, which is actually one of my favourite composers, Bear McCrary. And I thought um, what better to show Bear's stuff than the film that I actually discovered him on, also another movie that um, maybe not everyone has seen um, <laughs> uh, called Europa Report, but fantastic film. I love space and sci-fi, as I've mentioned in the past. And um, Bear McCrary in this particular score really, I don't know, there's something about the way he moves chords, the way he uses sounds that instantly when I watched this movie I went, I need to find out who wrote the music and I went on a big Bear McCrary discovery phase and have been a big fanboy ever since. So I'll show you a bit of this piece of music and, and the next one from this movie. Beautiful. So this is this piece of music is called The View. It's near the start of the film. It's when they're coming up to a planet called Europa. So they're traveling out looking for a planet that has water to see if um, if, if there's life on on um, on the planet. And this is the view. So this is as they're approaching the, pl the planet and they're seeing it for the first time and they're seeing how beautiful it is. Nice. Looking forward to it. Love the harmonics on the strings. It's the breathy sound of a violin. So this is the feeling of excitement, the beginning of a journey. You should narrate over the top. I like that. <laughs> the beginning of a journey. I love this like pulsating motif of that string. He uses that technique a lot in a lot of his scores. Very Bear McCreary identifying <laughs> uh, trait. Beautiful. It kind of swells up. It doesn't do too much from here. Oh, just the lifting chords, though. Like, a, yeah, it's yeah. great. Beautiful. What else? And you got I'll for jump us? into the next track too. So this one's as they're landing on Europa. 
So this is um, similar to the Hans Zimmer track of The Dark Knight, attention-building track, but also using the same motifs and the same musical language that we just had set up. And I think this is the track I remember watching it when they're landing. I thought to myself, who is this composer? This was the moment that I, I thought that I really like it. So in the film, there's a few complications happening in the ship at this point in time as they're approaching their landing. It's just tension building. Yeah. You know, it's three minutes of them landing and it just grows and grows. And but I love like that pulsing kind of gives that yeah energy of moving on, a bit of tension, but even some of the note choices is almost like a bit hopeful, but not really. Oh, is it hopeful? Or, you know, it's, yeah. bit, oh, it's going it's oh, pivoting tension. between we're yeah. going to land or we're going to crash. Yeah, yeah. We're going to land, yeah. we're going to crash. Such good storytelling in the music, yeah. I'll just let it play just for a few moments longer. It's good. safe right it's it's all good everything yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much it's not obvious and then this is the moment they've landed you're giving away the movie now like i guess spoiler alert should we have said that at the start but probably so as we get we get that hopeful or yeah. that story the yeah. story's beginning theme comes into play again which we heard earlier. Yeah, it's great. So I won't play this, the full track, even though I'm going to be very tempted to play the full tracks of everything. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We've got, gonna, we've got a bit to force get myself to not to. Well, um, I haven't heard all these, so I'm, I'm loving this. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to move a bit quicker through these next few, but I just wanted to stick stick on those because that was my discovery of Bear. And as you heard, um, that kind of stuff really appeals to me. Beautiful melodies, beautiful sounding things, but storytelling mixed in. Yeah. I really am connected with that. So um, this is actually a video game, but once again, Bear. Just wanting to show his big 
the big side of bear. Well, this is um, the thing so with like game, gaming, like music has been for a long time now has been so good. Like even they've been putting up the, yeah. the albums on things like iTunes for years and years now, but like, it's so good that there's this other medium where they can write for it as well. So give us a listen. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Here we go. I'm going to assume this has got some great taiko drums or some tribal vibes. These kind of like distuned chords too, just... Yeah. Amazing the sound you can make in an orchestra. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, this, I really enjoyed the score as well. Lots of percussion and, um, bear works with a, I forget the percussionist name. I should have researched this prior, but, um, a, a great percussionist who, who he works with all the time. And, and this is a track that I think, yeah, really shows that. I don't think I've watched this, sir. You should. We love these string lines, these really fast little runs. They play these string lines for about six minutes straight, so I can't imagine the burning of the fingers of the players. But listen for the layers of percussion. There's so many little small drums played lightly. keep moving because yeah. I love listening to tracks all the way through and this podcast will be about four hours long yeah, if we do. So, well, it's um, probably not a bad so moving, thing. I feel bad sharing yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole song. Everyone go and listen to these tracks and make their money Absolutely. by streaming them. That's so That's good. true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so two more tracks from Bear, another movie I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the whole series of movies, The Cloverfield Paradox um, is this particular movie. But there was um, – I think it was called uh, Cloverfield, which is the first one, The Cloverfield Paradox, which was the second one, and 12 Cloverfield Lane, which was the third part of three movies. Um, but this one's the second one and just some really great music writing. Once again, I'm going to jump into the middle of this track because um, it's a long one, but I want to show you from the middle also. A bit earlier than that. Once again, you'll hear a bear motif. That reminds me of really um, Matrix. 
It's a very similar vibe oh, yeah. to... can't remember which one, but that's got Matrix vibe in it. But the chords that Bear uses under this is, are just fantastic. Nice tempo change. I'm going to play a little bit longer of this yeah, one because it's worth it. Love the time kicking clacks. Yeah. I've got a feeling you've shown me this one before. I love it. I think I've showed everyone I know this <laughs> track. Yeah, through your speakers. <laughs> like, here's how good my speakers are. Listen to this. Yeah. I'm going to jump up forward a little bit because I want you to hear these amazing chords near the end. so worth me hogging all the airtime. And then in the same movie, this is just Bear's chaos. Bear is a, a master of chaos and this is a track that I love. There's nothing really that pretty about this one, but, um, yeah, check this out. Write this stuff without really like knowing how an orchestra works. Like, 
oh, I know they can do this sound and that sound. Like, there's so many weird sounds in there. It's just tension and... Yeah. seconds. Well, who wrote The Matrix? Because this reminds me of Matrix. So many vibes in there. That's a perfect yeah, time to so stop. Um, but yeah, Bear McCrary, check him out. Awesome Great composer. Stuff. Worked on a bunch of really cool stuff and um, he's a cordsmith. He's a wizard. He is. As they all are. That's all right, true. next one's up. Next uh, one's yours. All right, so uh, we're going to do a bit of Hans Zipper dipping in and out. There's just no doubt because he's iconic. One thing I want to talk about with Hans, though, is he's, uh, you know, particularly uh, I want to mention a story. Um, so when uh, Christopher Nolan came to him with Interstellar, he didn't say, we're doing this grandiose, one of the biggest grandiose space stories that's ever been told. He came up to Hans and there's a video on on YouTube or something where Hans is talking about how um, Christopher Nolan came up to him and just said, look, I want you to write a piece of music. And he gave him a letter or a little just sort of story that was basically something about a, a father leaving their child or it was something really basic. Uh, it may have, I can't, I'm, in my head I remember it was a letter or something, but Hans re- reads this thing and just comes up with the main theme for Interstellar, which is the da 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 whatever. I can't sing it in tune. But then Christopher Nolan turns around and says, oh, by the way, this is, you know, a big space movie and stuff. And you mm. wouldn't think that this beautiful line would work in such a grandiose way. But um, the other thing that I want to mention with Hans is, oh, you go, you want to, clearly want to say something. I was just going to I was just going to add because um, I think what Christopher Nolan knew is that even though it was a sci-fi space movie, the heart of the yeah, movie of course. Yeah. Was, a, was the story of the sacrifice that a parent would go to for, for, their, yeah, for their offspring, child. for yeah, their children. For sure. So it's the, the ultimate sacrifice to, spoiler alert, to not see the life of their child, to make sure that the life of their child is worth living. Yeah, beautifully so, said, beautifully said. Yeah, um, the story needed Hans's delicateness in amongst the amazing sci-fi epicness. Yeah, so, so. that was a side note because okay, obviously yeah. that's awesome. But the thing that I love about Hans is he, for a lot of his films, he picks a thing that he's going to make the iconic vibe of his score. I don't know how best to say that. but So Interstellar was the organ and there's some really great documentary mm. on how they got this uh, pipe organ from a church and they put like heaps of mics all over it knowing they'd be like in surround and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and also the you should watch it because the guy that they interview, uh, the actual organist or they talk about the organist, he's got all these like switches and things so he can make the organ sound like so many different sounds, you know, by um, muting it and I don't even know how the pipe organ works but you almost got an orchestra out of the pipe organ but it's mm. there's something organic about it but then it's epic uh, 
I don't know why I just love this vibe, but it just works so well with the string. So let's just have a little play of this one. This yeah, is I great know, QL and everyone's heard it, but I just like it needs some respect. It needs some props. It needs to be heard without the movie, so That's without true. all sound effects in the way. Yeah. No, nothing against the sound effects team, but you always mix the music too low. All right, <laughs> here we go. Maybe not in this film though. He's so good at the very, very basic melodies, isn't he, that really grab your attention. He's a true master. Because that reverb and here's, the end. <laughs> it's amazing. And what I want to add there, and something that's not missed on me, but could be missed on first listen, is not resolving at the mm. end, leaving the story not complete because this is the start of the film, mm. or like a, about a quarter in or so, or not even a quarter in. It's a long film. It's just sort of you know one tenth into the film. Um, Hans often will not resolve the music. And for layman's, you feeling like layman's terms is there's no resolving or an end chord to go, bah, or you know, like it, it feels incomplete. Yeah, like yeah. the run feels incomplete. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. When so he finishes, good. because there's more to come. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's great thought. Uh, so next, uh, I wanted to talk about oil rig. So uh, this track is off uh, Man of Steel, another one of Hans, uh, mm. and like big fan of uh, Superman and loved the film. I know like there's a bit of contention about that one, but for this one, I just loved, so in this uh, track he had a bunch, he got like something like 12 drummers or more in a room and they mic'd the whole room, they mic'd every kit. Wow. And they had, um, I wrote this down somewhere, but they got, there's drummers like, uh, who we got? Um, Matt Chamberlain, who was Pearl Jam's drummer, Josh Freese who was in Nine Inch Nails, uh, Danny Corey, who's Tools drummer, 
And then uh, Pharrell Williams was a drummer as well. Like he just had all these awesome <laughs> drummers and they all came in and basically the Hans. All-stars. Yeah, they're all stars. That's it. And Hans was like, here's your rhythms and just play along. And they did it. And then they've just layered it up. And a lot of the times just like four toms and stuff. There's a few times where they're playing beats, but they also beef it up with orchestral percussion. But play this one. I just loved it. Yeah. And there's a great uh, behind the scenes of this too. So uh, YouTube, Man of Steel Drums, Hans Zimmer into YouTube and you'll find it. It's yeah, yeah. Cool. So here we go. Not sure where in the track it is, but. There's some beautiful chords in this score as well. It's just amazing. Mm. Hate to be that one guy that's stuffed up, eh? <laughs> Thing is, they're all so good drummers, I don't yeah. think anyone's stuffing up. Yeah, it's great. All right, that's good. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh, are we going? No, no, that's fine. No, no, no. Oh, there we go. Oh, I'm glad you kept playing. I should add Hans Zimmer is known for really large orchestras. So like you've got an or- a traditional orchestra that might be 80 piece orchestra. But Hans will be known to bring in 60 brass section, like 60 brass players alone. Yeah. Just to get a ridiculous sound. So, and it works to like Man of yeah. Steel, the idea of like, you know, there's literally two Superman smashing against each other, breaking big concrete, going through buildings. And this idea that you got this big drum sound, you know, just works great. Mm-hmm. So, staying on Hans, uh, this one is um, also with two of his alumni. So, Hans, uh, for those who don't know, has a, a studio in um, uh, where is it? Santa Monica, I think, um, where he brings composers, great composers, in to work with him, and they all have their own rooms and stuff. So he work, they work on his projects, and uh, Jacob She and Jasha Jasha Kiobi, I think is how you say his name. Um, were both uh, assistants of his that uh, were very good and have since gone out on their own to be very successful composers in their own right, um, collaborated on Planet Earth 2. Um, I think on this one Hans Zimmer wrote the main theme and then the then the main um, storyline was by Jacob Shee and Jasha uh, Kyobi and um, Bleeding Fingers Music is the sort of the studio that, they all work for. So this is for Planet Earth 2 and I actually loved the documentary and thought the music was fantastic. This is a totally different thing. you hear a trend soon that um, the tracks that Ben Nock puts in are very <laughs> tough and big and the tracks that I put in are very um, soft and sweet. Um, this is uh, very much that way but um, a cool composition and what I really like is the production of this too. I think yeah, the recording sweet. of it is phenomenal. So Looking forward to it. chatting. Thank you. 
Oh, it's shit. It's too pretty. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love the woodiness of a violin, especially when it's soloed. Very similar to the um, Sherlock Holmes, like in its vibe and instrumentation and stuff, as in choice of instruments. Little mandolins. And yeah. Beautiful. So cheeky, I guess in this in this um, documentary, um, they're playing different animals. So this is the butcher bird. So if you think of a butcher bird, that's what the team came up with to represent the butcher bird. All right, goodbye, Hans, for the moment. Maybe. No. So um, animated movies—that's another another genre. Now, animation is quite different to um, filmed movies. Um, both in the way that they make it but also what you can do musically because um, in the style of animation you can all, normally be a little bit more bombastic, a little bit more over the top. Um, so who better to talk about over the top than John Powell, the man who plays way too many notes um, <laughs> but somehow makes it work and it's really amazing. He, and even he admits um, that he uh, he's got an obsession with too many notes. He doesn't know when to stop writing and he just can't help himself and he's made it a bit of a genre. So... I'm going to show a little bit of these next two cues. I might jump around a few sections as well just to get because it's just wall-to-wall notes, but he makes it all work and it doesn't feel too much to my opinion. Just picture him conducting like swirling, like the vibe of the. Yeah. I, I love when multiple instruments follow the melody like that. It's beautiful. His melodies are often quite long and have a lot of notes. <laughs> Not a fan of oboe. Not a fan of oboe. Nah, mate. Sorry, sorry, oboe players. If you're an oboe player, leave us a comment in the below. Yeah, say piss off Ben or something. I'll just play it another 30 seconds before I jump around. John also loves writing for choir, so you'll often find choir hidden amongst the strings, very delicately done. It's almost got that musical theatre vibe where it's like there's not straight chords, you know, every instrument's almost not playing melodies but quite mm. full-on runs rather than just playing long chords underneath a melody. Yeah, that's a great way to describe his music and this is where it starts getting a bit more action-filled. And I'll jump around in a minute. Everyone's moving.
gonna jump halfway near the end just for some more flavors. Got these cues. Someone all. asked John, what was that? I was gonna say all these cues could have probably been split up to you know their own names. It's still the same band. Well, he likes writing big long cues yeah. that take you on a journey. Someone once asked John, "Hey, how do you find the right notes?" He says, "I just play them all." <laughs> I love that he knows it too. Like, if that's your thing, good on you. Make it your thing. But he's never really hanging on long chords. It's everything's in motion. Yeah, it's exciting. And to it works to. for film too, right? Like, yeah. Especially animation. Yeah. All right. I'm going to jump into the next cue. See there, they've got their own orchestra, the DreamWorks Orchestra. DreamWorks Orchestra, one of the best scoring orchestras in the world. You'd need to be to play John's music, I think. I should call out Gavin Greenaway too, who um, wrote some of the music on this um, film as well. Talented guy. So many notes. But the sound world he's painting, the colours he's using. It reminds me of like Hook. Do you remember Hook? Oh, Hook. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Oh, I love that film. Oh. What a film. Yeah. Oh, it's majestic. Oh. I mean, we could listen to this all night. Yeah. It's the changes fun and in stuff. it. Like, you're right. There's so much in that. Um, yeah, I've selected the next track, but I, I've done this for a reason. Obviously, everyone knows this as a theme, but I thought let's show a bit of a progression. So mm -hmm. just give it to us now, mate, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. There's a theme we all know, one that it's not a really good sing-along one, but everyone can sing it, you know? But even the ba-da, you know, like at the start. I reckon everyone sings the guitar then. Yeah, it's true. All right, so that's good. So we're going to quickly dive back into Hans because I actually, you brought this one back to my attention. But let's just have a listen to how this has progressed over time. And even just, I love the idea that a new composer gets to give their flavour to it, but mm. it's still at the core, James Bond. Like, chords are there, the melody's there. Oh, but Hans is like, I'm going to make this a little sweeter.
so good. I'm so glad he got to do one. All right, then what do we got next? And then this is uh, still in the name of James Bond, but uh, Thomas Newman, one of this is one of my favourite um, James Bonds, as well as Thomas Newman's score is, I reckon it's my favourite James Bond score because I'm a big fan of Thomas Newman. And this, this track um, I'll play and then talk over it a bit because it's got a long intro. But there's DNA of Bond, but it's done in a different way in a Tom, Thomas Newman-esque way. behind it. So I'll talk over it. One thing I want to do next is we're going to play... um, I can't talk over it. I want to just listen. (laughs) Even that's like so characteristic of a bond that bam, like in the horn. Yeah. So good. I think the uh, main theme comes in here. Yeah. What a great version. Thomas Newman. So good. All right, so um, next I want to talk about the fact that, you know, they obviously get lots of artists to write a track for each film and I love that they started doing this. And I'm a huge fan of Adele. Uh, and if you're listening, Adele, I'll leave my wife for you because I think you're beautiful <laughs> and your voice is amazing. Um, it's okay. Sarah will hear this and she'll agree. Uh, or you could join our mm. marriage if you want to. That'd be great. But she, she'll just leave for James Bond, so it's okay. It's yeah, a, that's it. She'll take deal. Daniel Craig and I'll take uh, Adele. Anyway, sorry, that um, I'm sure you're – anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but so yeah. – <laughs> So I love though that these tracks, not all of them nail it, but like the they obviously have their guidelines, right? They've got certain chords or even melodies, maybe, you know, or just the artists are so good at going, all right, I know the sound of Bond and we all kind of know the vibe. And I guess as a composer, you know how to bring that out. But I just love the way that every one of these tracks to me, it feels like Bond. And I know it's a combination mm. of getting the orchestrator or whoever's composing the film, that particular film knows how to bring this out, but they're always just such good collaborations. So I'd say listen to Sam Smith's one, which is actually from Spectre. That's uh, sounds awesome in my room in Dolby Atmos. Let's play a little bit of this. I just, yeah. Um, You could probably skip a bit of this one, I think. Oh, I love the start. That's cool. Just go maybe 30 seconds, I think. Takes a bit for her to start singing. Hold your breath and count to ten. 
His her, voice. Yeah, her voice was meant for this too. Obviously, there's a choice to have that guitar in there, you know, with the... You can't have a James Bond without a tremoloed guitar. Yeah, exactly. But that, adding those Vibrato. things bring in that characteristic. But obviously, you know, with the chord vibes and the melody, it just... Oh, it's so good. Standing orchestra, great standing oh, drum kit. Beautiful production. All right, that'll do that one. But oh, so good. It's very easy to want to listen to the whole. It is. Thing. We, we would and be here forever. Though. I, I almost never just just sort of disclaimer the way I tend to listen to music. I start from the start and I listen to the end, and then I listen to the next song. So the way I tend to listen to music is I'll put on a record and I'll it'll be like a hour 20 experience and I hit play and it'll go through all the way through. Mm. I often sit here with my eyes closed. So this feels very unnatural to stop, but it's okay. You know, we've got to think of the listeners. Yeah, everyone listens to their music differently. So the next one is just an iconic theme. You can't, like this is going back to the just conversation we had at the start about ones that you just remember uh, and just serve the film. And obviously mm. like Back to the Future was an amazing uh, series. Uh, one of the greats that you know, the sequels are awesome as well. And, you know, you, which which was better, right, the film or the, the theme song? It's just one of those things where they just both were a great yeah. merge of the two. I think it's one of the, those one of those ones where the movie needed the theme song and the theme song needed the movie. Yeah. Like if you take either one away from each other, they kind of both don't have – I mean the movie was still always going to be good and the piece of music is still nice, but there's something about the nostalgia – Around the movie, the music, and then seeing it as a kid. Yeah. Um, Just let's so this it. is Alan Silvestri and Blast in the Past. It's such an opening title track, isn't it? It's like. Star Wars, you know, they put the title up and you're like, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, and then the Very much so. exciting bit, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's so good. Oh. Builds so much anticipation. One thing I've noticed, even just the sound of it, it's very um, organic. 
sounding? Yeah, it's full orchestra, right? Like, that's it. It's like same as the old Superman movies as well, that very similar style. So the same repeated you theme. in a lot of these old... Right? Yeah, it's the same a lot of these old, theme, but in different older ways, films. Right? They do that. Yeah. They recycle the yeah. motifs over and over again. Yeah. They want like, you to remember rem- it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're going to drill it into you. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. Now, staying with Alan Silvestri and thinking about how that orchestra sound sounded, and now we're going to jump a little bit early, a little bit more modern with The Mummy Returns and now <laughs> the rocks in this as well. Me. I'm I sure the-, the Mummy number one was the better one. As a movie, but the score of The Mummy Returns. I love that the rocks in this one too. It's, we've got lots of themes in here, accidental themes, you know. Mm-hmm. That's so mm-hmm. good. Now, just when you listen to this one, obviously the, the music's great, but listen to the production, how the production has changed, the heightened sound of an orchestra. So much fuller, bigger, wider, lower. Alan Silvestri always has a way of making it feel like a big Hollywood movie adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? He's writing. Yeah. Kind of gets a bit percussion-y from here and goes through some other things, but that's enough of that. Yeah, sweet. All right, well, we, we're going to wrap up pretty soon. Oh, wait, you got one more. Sorry, go for it. You got we one got, more. we got three more. We've got three tracks more, two different movies. Um, I thought this would be sacrilege to not have a Harry Gregson Williams track and in this what list. A as film. I'm a big fan. I read the book as well, and loved the book, loved yeah. watching it. It was so good. As a sci-fi fan, I can't. A space movie can't sneak past me. So The Martian, great movie. Cool score. Lots of synths. Lots of cool sounds. I'll just play it and stop talking. Mm-hmm. Maybe the string section will. It's so good. It's a, it's just a beautiful sounding piece, and it kind of just tinkers around, dances around, yeah. and serves the movie serves the movie very it's well. How deep is that sound though? Like the whole orchestra. Obviously, there's a big fat synth in there, but oh, so good. Uh, sticking with sci-fi, 
Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot. One of the greatest. Yeah, yeah. Look, for me, I'm a huge Daft Punk, Punk fan. If you can't tell, there's uh, Thomas back there. Um, I'd love it to focus on mm. there, but it's not going to. But I'm a big Daft, <laughs> Daft Punk fan. And um, I'll be honest, when I first saw the movie, I loved the movie experiencing Tron Legacy. But I think I was on the fence about the score. I think I expect, I think I had such high expectations, but it very quickly grew on me. And I love this score. But one particular thing I just want to, so I've got two tracks I want to play on here for two different reasons. But this first one, I just love that. Uh, obviously, they, they had an orchestrator uh, who kind of co-wrote or at least did the orchestration for this stuff. But um, I'm pretty sure the boys from Daft Punk wrote a lot of the ideas uh, in there. But I love what they did with this score production-wise because, you know, everyone knows Daft Punk for their Moog kind of synth sounds and the bit crushing kind of um, mm-hmm. vibes and they ran a lot of the orchestrated sounds, you know, whether it's percussion or whatever, through their sort of synths and gave it that Daft Punk vibe. So give this a quick play. I just want to, you know, show you how cool this is. Obviously it's got their typical synths and other vibes as well. It's already fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. They've even got the bit crushing on like the reverb tail of those drums. Beautiful clean strings over the top of just dirty synths. This is a moment where there's fireworks shooting off in this in the, like digital realm. It's so good. typical like Daft Punk they filter out their hats and stuff during the song so good alright so the next track just love it we should I'd love to listen to more but uh, so the final track Outlands uh, is kind of the more like the main theme of this but the reason why I picked this is I've actually been watching Formula One quite a bit lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Monaco race was just a couple of days ago and they actually use this nice. theme in their opening titles uh, and which they've also got like the visuals, you know, it's the drivers getting in a car and things like that or standing there, but they've got similar Tron looking um, digital sort of um, interface looking stuff moving around them and they get in the car and they've used 3D to make the opening sequence and the cars are zooming around and stuff. And it's just really cool and fits and it's just a great mm-hmm. choice for a track. So I thought we'll have a listen to Should this Should we one. play this one in full being as the last track? Oh, why not? Let's do it. Oh, Unless we get bored, we'll see how we go. But I just love the way this one drives. Ah, oh, pun intended. No, not really. <laughs> Again, I love my like pegiated strings and the counter counter melodies in there, like going opposite ways and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
tea's well and truly cold now. Some iced tea. Is that in mind? recommend you go and watch the Formula One intro and just see because they've put obviously extra sound design on there and stuff as well but it just works it kind of mm. they've almost mirrored the vibes um, you know Tron kind of visually as well so it just worked out really well that was fun that was fun I could have done that for many more hours maybe, like 30 an hour maybe we should have just listened to all the songs yeah in full, we could have no one would be listening at yeah. this point <laughs> but hey if you have a favorite score that we haven't spoken about, leave it in the comments because um, maybe you have heard something that Ben or I haven't heard and we'd love to discover it. Yeah, I think we should do this more often. Maybe we do, uh, you know, every few episodes we could do another one of these. But obviously let's see what people think. But honestly for us, I, I want to just hear the new things you're listening to and anyway, like we might as well have mm-hmm. a, a couple of listening sessions every once in a while and Maybe we could do the same thing for some scenes for movies if there's something, you know, maybe we could go mm. back and watch some short scenes of movies and discuss how they may have done things or why they did certain Maybe even things. do a sound design yeah. one yeah, or a Foley one. and yeah. yeah. Sounds good. But, mate, this has Sounds fun. been a pleasure. I always appreciate the music you send me. Um, so looking forward to the next one. Yep, absolutely. All right. I'll catch you next week. Yeah, see you, mate. See ya.